On today's show, Adam and I are diving into some of the games over the Thursday night. We got the Memphis Grizzlies, Charlotte Hornets, Toronto Raptors, Philadelphia 76ers. What do we even know about the Sixers team right now? Miami Heat and the Houston Rockets are going to be talking about those teams. And then a power ranking about the GM survey you're not going to want to miss on today's Locked On NBA. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Are you using the Habermax 4000 to do your sorting? No. <laughs> You're really weird. And welcome. You are locked on to the NBA. My name is Nick Engstead, host of the Locked On Mavericks podcast. And joining me, as always, on a Friday, let's have some fun from DNBR and the Locked On Nuggets podcast. What you got for me, Adam Morris? Are we talking Ben Simmons today? Oh, just all the Ben Simmons talk always. Ben Simmons, Kyrie, there's just certain conversations I'm just done with at this point. Just tell me what's going to happen. Yeah, I I don't even care anymore. (laughs) I'm I'm on. I am excited. I will say we talked last week. It was training camp. I was hoping for a little more news to come out. You know, not a very newsworthy first week. This week, though, games. We got games are back. Um, It's starting to feel like the season. This is the first week it's felt like the season is near. Absolutely. So we're going to be diving into some of those games and just some of the big storylines around those teams right now. So the Memphis Grizzlies beat the Charlotte Hornets 128 to 98. The Memphis Grizzlies, they started coming out and John Morant like takes some of these games personally, I think, when he plays against another star, like young player in the league. Like I think he took the LaMelo thing kind of personally. And I love that about John Morant's game. If you discount him, if you think about, oh, well, you know, John Morant can't do this or he's shooting and all that kind of stuff. He just comes out with a vengeance, it seems like. And there's something about him. Like, he can just turn on another gear. And we saw it in the playoffs against the Utah Jazz. He just hits that gear, and boom, all of a sudden, he can just do things that you did not expect him to be able to do. They were up 30 points at half. <laughs> they were up 30 points. Like, un- unbelievable. I know it's preseason, this or that. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I'm with you on John Morant. He is a gamer. He's a hooper. He's a winner. I really believe that. It, it's a, one of these cliches that we always say, this guy's a winner, you know, whatever. But, but he is. I think he is a winner, um, that he gets his best. You know, you get the best out of him. Um, so tonight, you know, interesting stat line. If you look at this, all the starters in double figures, 16 for Jaron Jackson Jr., 15 for Steven, Steven Adams, 16 for John Morant, 19 for Desmond Bain, 11 points for DeAnthony Melton. Very balanced, very good. Uh, all of those guys plus 20 are better. Um, that that sounds like a pretty promising preseason game from the from the Grizz. We haven't talked about this Grizzlies team a lot, but what do we think about them? Because they haven't they, they made it seemed like they made a ton of different changes, but their team is basically still intact. I mean, it's John Morant, Dylan Brooks, right. slow mo Kyle Anderson, Jaron Jackson Jr. is maybe a player to have a breakout season. We'll talk about the GM survey a little bit right. in the third segment, uh, and then the big move was Jonas Valanciunas for Stephen Adams. And they have Desmond Bain coming off the bench, Brandon Clark still, Tyus Jones, DeAnthony Melton playing a lot more now that Grayson Allen is gone. Uh, this team, did they sort of just make a bunch of moves that are just lateral or are they actually going towards something? I mean, there must be a method to this madness that I you know, I don't necessarily see right now, to be honest with you, Nick. But um, you look at it tonight, Stephen Adams in 24 minutes, grabs 16 rebounds, 15 points, 16 rebounds. I mean, that's what he's there to do is – a narrowly defined role that maybe fits around the pieces around him, specifically Jaron Jackson Jr. very nicely. But I think the real reason that if you're high on the Grizzlies, as I am, uh, the real reason you would be optimistic about this season and a big leap is just that they've got so many guys that have already started to break out 
But with the continuity and with these guys being so young, I think you could see a pretty sizable leap just from internal development from a Jaron Jackson Jr. who's healthy now, from a guy like DeAnthony Melton and Desmond Bain, from a John Morant and Brandon Clark. So they've got so many guys that you would expect to be meaningfully better than they were last year just because of that internal growth. I see this team a lot like I look at the Mavericks, the team that I cover. You have, you know, John Morant and Luca are kind of like, all right, that's the sure thing. We know we're getting something awesome from them. And then like KP and Jaron Jackson Jr., there's some parallels there with those guys where you're like, can they stay healthy? Then when they are healthy, what can they actually be? Right. Can they, can they fit? Are they a four? Are they a five? There's all kinds of different stuff with those two players. And so I'm interested. He's one of the maybe the more interesting players in the Western Conference, Jaron Jackson Jr., because he was he had he was the youngest player in the draft at the time. He's been injured a lot, but he had insane potential as a shooter, as a guy that can defend the rim. And there's just not a lot of guys that can do the things that he can do. So I'm interested to see where the Memphis Grizzlies go. We're going to talk about the ceiling and the floor about the Memphis Grizzlies and some of these other teams in, in segment two. But, uh, yeah, I wanted to hit on them first. But you mentioned that, that Steven Adams had so many rebounds. What did he finish with, 16 rebounds? He had eight yeah. offensive rebounds, eight defensive. And that's because the Charlotte Hornets, we'll move over to them, they've decided to just play with no centers, basically. They decided to go with P.J. Washington at center. They, had, they did have Mason Plumlee out, but it seems like they're really running with this lineup of – going really small. And that's, I find that really interesting. A team like that, that's not the Rockets, right? The Rockets were the last team with James Harden that we saw do this. And it seems like the Hornets are kind of going that direction sometimes. Yeah. And maybe there was just a, you know, because Plumlee and those health and safety protocols, maybe that that's as, as simple as that. Uh, that is a pretty funky starting lineup that they threw out there tonight. And kind of as the classic preseason lineup did get absolutely demolished there yeah. uh, on the board, 68 to 36. Have you, ever, have you ever seen a lopsided rebounding battle like that? So yes, I cover the Dallas Mavericks. Yes, <laughs> all the time rebounding battles. This is kind of your average average player. Yeah, uh, this is such a classic preseason game where you look at it and you go, okay, thirty point deficit at halftime for the Hornets. But what are you really trying to learn here? Nobody got hurt. <laughs> That's a key. That's a big key for, for, for preseason. Yes. <laughs> we don't want that. Toronto versus the uh, Philadelphia 76ers is an interesting. Uh, matchup of, of two teams kind of going in different directions, I guess. I'm not sure what direction 76ers are going in. Uh, but let's start with the 76ers because at some point we have to talk about this team like they are a team. It's like they have a product besi besides Ben Simmons. So what is this team and how should we look at this team until Ben Simmons gets traded or comes back? The two, the guy I'm most interested in, if you look at them and think, okay, what what's coming – if Simmons is gone, like what, where are some of the guys? Where is where are you going to get production from? And not even production. That's the wrong word for the guy I'm about to say. But where who's a guy that maybe makes a leap and you say, okay, we found some some found money here. Um, and I look at obviously you look at Maxi who played 21 minutes tonight, went six and nine from the field, had 14 points, five assists, uh, only one turnover. He was a plus 22. That's a solid stat line for a preseason game. Uh, the other guy is my guy, B-ball Paul Reed. But he only played eight minutes tonight. Only seven points, three rebounds, two assists. He's a guy – I don't know where he fits with that 76ers team, but he's a guy that I would look at and say, is he a guy that maybe is under the radar right now who could have a positive impact? We're talking about the G League MVP last year. Take that for what it's worth. <laughs> but he is a guy that, uh, you know, analytic models really, really love him, uh, love his motor, love his defensive versatility, love his rebounding. So maybe there's something there. Yeah, it's just like it's just 
Embiid, and then Tobias Harris, and then a bunch of just shooters around them, right? Like the shooters that were brought in because of Ben Simmons. We talked about we talked about those comments last week. I brought him for Embiid too. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. No, but that's what Joel Embiid said. They brought him in, yeah, right, just, right, just just for Ben Simmons. But right. yeah, it's just that. And then they have Andre Drummond coming off the bench, who's just kind of trying to do his best Joel Embiid impression. Uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a strange team. We'll I, talk about their ceiling. Oh, oh, actually, floor. I have one more breakout candidate there. I, I don't know how I forgot this guy. He's probably the guy that maybe can sort of um, provide some excitement for Philadelphia this season. Shake that, it off, Isaiah Joe. Ooh. Isaiah Joe, fifteen points tonight in twenty-two minutes, five of seven, three of four. Dead eye shooter, Isaiah Joe. One of the prettiest jumpers. One of the prettiest jumpers. Rookie last year, be sophomore this year. He's a guy that I think um, you know. I wouldn't be surprised if he was a, a key piece for them this year. It would actually be interesting without Simmons to see Joel Embiid just with shooting all around him. Right? Yeah, that's how, it. how much space can we get around Joel Embiid? Uh, great even point. though he doesn't need it, like he says, but that'll be interesting. <laughs> On the Toronto side of it, uh, Pascal Siakam is going to be out until about Thanksgiving, so about a month. And I asked Sean Woodley, I was like, what, what should I think about this Raptors team? He's the host of Lockdown Raptors. And he said, OG Ananobi is asked to, be, to do a lot more creation right now. And he's actually doing really well at it. He's eight of 14 from the field in this game, 22 points, four assists, four steals, hit four of his seven threes. And he's just doing a little bit more. Like he's, he's creating his own shot. He's creating a little bit for others. And that's, that's pretty interesting for a guy like OG who we kind of just, some of these guys we just write off as, Oh, he's just a three and D guy, but he was on a team with some really good guards and Van Vliet and Lowry on the team before. And now he's sort of getting to, to branch out a little bit. And that's pretty exciting. I don't know if I buy that. I love OG Ananobi, and I love him as a glue guy, defensive three and D, but and also just a glue guy. And you talk about his passing, like yeah, I like that as a like a third or fourth passer in a rotate in a lineup or something. If you're talking about trying to like, okay, Siakam's out, o- Ananobi needs to be the new Siakam. I don't buy that one one bit. And I <laughs> and you understand? I love OG Ananobi, so. Um, you could try to sell me on it, Nick. I don't know if I'm going to buy it. <laughs> I'm not trying to sell. I'm just saying that he's he's branching out and doing some other things. And I think maybe it's not a this year he's all of a, all of a sudden going to turn into this ball handling all-star. But in a couple right. years down the line, if he keeps doing this stuff, keeps adding this to his game, maybe he is a different player than we expect. We've seen guys add stuff to their game later in their career. So something to watch out for is OG Ananobi. And just that lineup overall, like they're sort of going weird pseudo center. They went Dragic, Van Vliet. Uh, OG Ananobi, Scotty Barnes, Precious Achua as their their five. So they're playing a bunch of just like six five to six eight guys uh, over weird there. Weird really really weird lineup. Um, but again, it's preseason. We're missing guys. It's just weird. I, 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 interesting players over there, but I don't know that I read in any, anything. They were down, I think, seventeen at the half as well. This is classic <laughs> preseason. Twenty point deficits left and right. Gotta love it. And uh, somehow nothing, none of them, none of the end scores matter. <laughs> basically, right. coming up, let's talk about Miami and Houston just a little bit, and then we'll get into some big questions. And then you you have to stick around for our power ranking, the weirdest answers from the GM survey. And you know that there's always <laughs> weird ones, and we're gonna power rank those coming up in segment three. So stick around with us. But before we do, let me tell you about Sleeper. In 2018, the fantasy sports experts at Sleeper realized that fantasy basketball was broken. Games were being won and lost based on whose players had more scheduled games that week. One team's players had, you know, four games, three games, then you're looking at your players and your best guys had two, three games in a week. It's just not fair. So Sleeper released a brand new way of playing fantasy basketball. It's called Game Pick, and it's only available on Sleeper. In Game Pick, owners pick a single game per week for each starter to count towards their team's total score, ensuring an even number of games gets played between opponents. 
This cracked the fantasy basketball code. If you play fantasy football, you know that each player only has one game a week. You, If you prefer that strategy of building out your weekly lineup instead of just the daily busy work of adding guys and this stuff and trying to pick up and add drop, you're going to love game picks. Download the Sleeper app. Start a league with your friends today. Again, download the Sleeper app and start a league with your friends today. Sleeper. All right, Adam Morris, let's get into some more questions for these teams. So the Miami Heat and the Houston Rockets played, and the Miami Heat beat them a lot more than the final score says. This is a real young Houston Rockets team that just makes a ton of mistakes, but they, they're all interesting, right? This Houston Rockets team sure. is a team that every once in a while you'll just check in on League Pass and go, oh, yeah, Josh Christopher. Oh, yeah, Shangun. Like, he's doing some stuff. Shangun's eventually going to be – this like league pass darling that people are going to real basketball nerds are going to say, I love watching Shingoon, right? Like I feel like that's going to be the answer in a couple months. You've, you've even got uh, Usman Garuba. So like, oh, you, yeah. even when you get down even further, you have some guys that are kind of interesting. And then if you talk about Dante Exum, it's hilarious that he's there <laughs> because he's another one of these guys that was super intriguing, like eight years ago as a young guy. But um, uh, I don't really have a ton of thoughts here. They are. I agree with you that they are an extremely fun team with a lot of interesting players, and they will be, for nerds like you and me, they will be a league pass team this year because we want to see the next wave of these like one-on-one scores, of which they seem to have plenty. Um, but, yeah, there are going to be a lot of L's and probably a lot of blowout <laughs> L's tonight. For sure. On the Heat side, though, the Miami Heat have a, a team that should go and wants to go to the finals, go back to the finals. Uh, maybe not should, but that should want to get there and should that should be their goal. Uh, I was talking to David Ramil from Lockdown Heat, and he's, I, I said that the Heat were a contender for the finals and that, that they should expect to go there, and he said, why? Why are they a contender? And he's a little, he was a little bit down on, on, on people. Do you believe the Heat as an actual, like, real finals contender? No. Um, eh, I, shouldn't say, <laughs> I shouldn't say no. I shouldn't say no. I take it back. Uh, they're fringe contenders, you know, they're, they're like, could they make it? Yeah, they can make it. Um, I think they're heavy underdogs to the two teams at the top in Milwaukee and, and Brooklyn, but um, <laughs> I think they're comfortable where they, this is what my hand, this is a Pat Riley team where they like to be, where they're just below that top. Yeah, right. um, and, and so they get to play the underdog card and, and, and do that whole thing. But uh, they're, they're a very solid team. I definitely like them more than I like Philadelphia. We got to see a little bit of this lineup finally play together. Kyle Lowry, Jimmy Butler, Duncan Robinson, PJ Tucker, Bam wow. Adebayo, another one of these teams that should just should be able to defend really well, has shooting, has playmaking. They just have all the little parts that you want. Tyler Hero off the bench, Markeith Morris off the bench. Tyler Hero tonight, by the way, 24 points, nine, re- nine rebounds. Think about that. Uh, <laughs> he was 4-7 from the three-point line. He's that guy that had the phenomenal bubble rookie season, a little bit of a, a setback year this last one. And then, you know, who knows, a lot of – He's he's maybe the biggest swing player on that roster in terms of if he's back to being good or even takes a step forward, then okay, they elevate a little bit. Yeah, that's huge for them. And he's leading the NBA in scoring right now. <laughs> he's my <laughs> MVP. Like right now, if we put an MVP pick, it'd be the season tired. ended today. Yeah, it uh, ended. Okay, so we saw some incredible young players play uh, last night on Thursday night. LaMelo Ball, John Morant, Jalen Green for the Houston Rockets. If you had to start a franchise with one of those guys right now, LaMelo Ball, John Morant, Jalen Green, who are you picking? So this, what's funny about this one is you have consecutive years, right? John Morant is further along in his development and easily the best player of the three at this very moment. And he might be the pick for – and because of that, it's easier to say he might be the pick. For me, though, I'm going LaMelo Ball – 
just because I like him more. <laughs> just per just personally, you just I like passing. I like fun. I want to have a fun team. I'm going with Lamelo Ball. Uh, but I think I honestly think the right answer is probably John Morant. And with all respect, the thing about Jalen Green, I think he's going to be a fantastic player. But anytime you get a high upside player like that, the odds of them reaching their potential are lower than people realize. John Morant was not a lock to become the player he is today, even though it's only been two seasons. Uh, he wasn't a lock to be that. He just has become that. So we know he's on track to reach his potential. We don't know that about Jalen Green just yet. If you were some crazy Rockets homer, could you make a case for Jalen Green? Is oh, the case, of course. Yeah, it's oh. the case like he's got incredible feel for the game. He's got the, you know, the length. He has the scoring instincts. He's, you know, he's ready for the moment. All the quotes and stuff we saw all summer league and preseason, yeah. all that kind of stuff. I feel like he's got... A little bit of an it factor, but yeah, I think that's the case if you're like a crazy Rockets fan. Well, I, I don't think it's hard to make a case for any of these three guys, to be honest with you. I, I'm just pointing out that Jalen Green, has he hasn't even taken the first step in his development. So True. the odds that he stumbles on that first step are higher than a guy like John Morant, who's already several steps into his, his progression. But Jalen Green, if you just look at the mold of player – I think Jalen Green maybe fits the mold most of like a finals MVP, meaning like if you Ooh, get a, yeah. you have a team that's capable of winning on a finals, you know, seven, eight years now, you know, seven years into his development, maybe he is that 30 point per game score who can shoot, who can drive, who can run pick and roll and get to the cup. He might be more in the mold of that. John Moran obviously has a 50 point game in the playoffs. So he's, he's, yeah, right. he's, he's, he's been a great close. scorer, but he's a little bit more Russell Westbrook esque in that he's just, constantly barreling and, and, and attacking um, Jalen Green, just a little bit more of like, a, I guess people are going to yell at me when I say this a little bit more of a Kobe mold in that oh, he just has, he just, wow. just a, a guy with footwork and shooting and, and yeah, right. maybe a guy six, again, five, six, seven years from now might, that could be a 30 point per game dynamic score. We talked about a couple of these teams, but let's look at what do we think the ceiling and the floor is for a couple of these teams we saw last night. Let's start with the Memphis Grizzlies. What's the ceiling and the, and the floor for this team? Because they were in the play-in last year. They made the playoffs last year after beating the Warriors in the play-in. Uh, is that their ceiling again this year? Or is there potential for them to be, you know? No. I think their floor is and ceiling are both higher. I'm, I'm higher on Memphis than most people are going to be. I think their floor even is higher. And that I just don't see a disaster. I mean, injuries aside, right? Yeah, John Moran sure, right, hurt. But injuries aside, I think their floor is probably what they were last year, a play-in team. I think their ceiling is – I'm going to go ahead and say it. They are hungrier than a lot of the teams that are ahead of them. Denver Nuggets, uh, the Los Angeles Clippers even. These teams sure. that have injuries that understand it doesn't matter if we're the three seed, the four seed, as long as we're healthy and we go through our process and this or that. That's why I think the ceiling for Memphis, let's say it. I'll say three seed. You've got teams like Utah and in Phoenix, the West, three seed in the West. Again, young, hungry, um, fresh legs. Haven't made it over the hump yet, really. True. So I think they're a team that regular season. Why not uh, a th surprise some of these other teams that are probably going to emphasize health over standings, whereas they will probably emphasize standings over health being yeah. as young as they are. Yeah, if you get a step forward from Jaron Jackson Jr., you know I think they're going to miss Jonas Valanciunas a little bit more. Definitely than what we've seen so far, but I think they're they're gonna miss him a lot because there was just times last year where they were they were dying for a bucket and they just dump it down to Jonas and he just makes something happen. Uh, yeah. Several times that, that to happened. be to be to be clear, I probably pick him as a six or seven seed. That's where I think they will. That's like the middle where I think 
I just think their ceiling is I would not be surprised if they were one of those teams that just had a little bit extra oomph in the regular season. They've got a lot to prove. Uh, the Charlotte Hornets, what, what do you think is their ceiling and the floor for this team? The East got a lot harder, but the Charlotte Hornets should try and take that step. If Gordon Hayward can't, they really miss Gordon Hayward in this game tonight. But if if Gordon Hayward stays healthy, then can this team be the same slot as what you have Memphis as in the, in the East? I don't see it. I mean, the East is a little bit weaker and a more more mysterious, but I just don't think they have the upside that a Memphis does. Certainly not a proven upside. So for me, their ceiling is a lot lower, maybe absolute top of their ceiling, a six seed. Um, their floor, though, is is also a lot lower in that, mm-hmm. you know, there are teams like Toronto and Chicago who I think will be much better. Um, so they're a team that could not even be a play-in team if things don't break properly for them. Yeah, and uh, it, they we saw how they played last year in the play-in. So uh, it'd be interesting when when the games when it comes down to it, and the games matter. I'm really interested to see what Lamelo Ball does, especially after that play-in last year. Uh, the Toronto Raptors, last team we'll do here. Toronto Raptors, what's the ceiling and the floor for this team? Because it's so hard to get a, a finger on on what the Toronto Raptors are supposed to be. They should be better than last year. They dealt with so much stuff being in Tampa. They were 27 and 45 last year. I, I think this team is probably. A 500 team with the, the talent that they have, which puts them, I don't know, it puts them like the eight seed, the ninth seed, something like that. They Higher than that out, out east, I think that would put them probably like the six or seven seed. I mean, you look at it, Brooklyn and Milwaukee, Atlanta and Miami, Philadelphia, that's five teams that I think even is Toronto going to be better than any of those teams realistically? Probably not. So I think right below those teams, then you get into the Knicks, the Celtics, the Pacers. Okay, again, I don't know that they're going to be better than those guys, but best case, ceiling, okay, I could see them in that tier. So I guess that puts them, what, sixth? Is that where I had as their ceiling? And then their floor, I don't think they're going to be here. I didn't think they would be this low last year at 27.45, even being in Tampa Bay. I know that was weird, so maybe I should have seen that coming. But uh, I, I think their floor is probably a little bit higher than where they landed. They're probably floor around a 10 seed. Um, but if I were picking, I'd probably pick them somewhere around eight. Yeah, that's, that sounds about right to me. I, I think the East is a little bit better than you're giving it credit for. I mean, you have teams like, you know, the Hornets that hope to be better. The Bulls were 11th last year, and they made a ton of moves. They really want to be better. Uh, the Wizards made, like, weird lateral moves with Westbrook yeah. and all these guys that they brought in. Maybe they're better than last yeah. year. The Pacers finally get a coach, and Rick Carlisle, they should be, be better. Pacers organized be and maybe yeah. healthy, hopefully, this year. Uh, so yeah, it, it, the East, that whole middle section of the East, we're doing a, a whole Odyssey season preview, and uh, th- that whole middle section of the East, I gave them their whole po- a whole podcast for, for that whole section to try and figure it out. All right, yeah. coming up, we're getting into our power rankings, the weirdest votes in the GM survey. It's great. There's some really weird ones. We're going to talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about betonline.ag. If you want to put down some money on sports, you want to bet, you want to gamble, you want to wager, you want to do all that stuff, you can do it right now. Uh, let's see. Regular season wins for your Denver Nuggets. Over under 48 and a half wins or 48 wins. Over, baby. Come on. Over. Hey, over. You got the MVP. The Nuggets are a 50 win team for you. They're a 50 win team. Book it. Interesting. My I, mean, Dallas- I think the Nuggets have beat their their Vegas uh, line every single year of the Jokic era. I don't know what I don't know how <laughs> this happens. This is every year they're like, ah, oh, they're not going to be that good, and they are. The Dallas Mavericks have uh, over under forty eight and a half, so they're a half game better than the, than the Nuggets. Wow, 
slanderous. I don't believe. I don't know. I don't know what to say. You, what you say is use the promo code locked on. You get a fifty percent welcome bonus. Go put some money on the over for the Denver Nuggets. Uh, and maybe I don't, I don't know. I'm under on the Mavericks. Maybe forty and a half. <laughs> I got some concerns about them, but we'll talk about all those uh, coming up. But use the promo code locked on. Get a fifty percent welcome bonus to first deposit. Bet online. Your online sportsbook experts. Also, I want to tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They're always coming up with new flavors. On Lockdown Mavs the other day, during a Built Bar read, I opened the website, which I always do every time, and the Churro Puff Bar is back. I love the Churro Puff Bar. It's a great one. And I ordered them live on the podcast because I didn't want them to go because they always go way too fast. 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, 5 grams of sugar in a bar covered in 100% chocolate. Built Bar... They're great. They're perfect for a snack on the go. Use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off. Again, LOCKED, the number one, five. LOCKED15 to get 15% off at Built.com. All right, Adam Mares. Friday. You know what we do on Fridays? We power rank stuff. We power rank stuff that you didn't even think was stuff. And one of those things is the weirdest votes on the GM survey. This is a survey that goes out every single year and maybe the GMs answer it. Maybe they just throw it down to some lower level executive that gives the answers for them. But uh, John Schulman puts this together on NBA.com and asks a whole bunch of questions. Who's the best small forward? What's the rule change you want to see in the NBA? Who's the coach with the best in-game adjustments? All that kind of stuff. And they ask that. Uh, But give me our power ranking of the weirdest votes in the GM survey. So I'll t- I tried to put these in order. It's hard. I, I tried to put these in order, but I probably screwed up the order just a little bit. There's too many of these funny ones, but there's definitely some <laughs> crazy ones here. I'm going to start. I don't know what, I don't even, I didn't even count how many I have. So this is in reverse order. We're counting up. Let me see here. I'll count them for you real quick. Reverse okay. order starting with an, an ambiguous number. <laughs> Six, seven, eight, nine. Hey, what do you know? I have a 10, a top hey, 10. Hey, let's Great. go. A perfect 10. Which player is most likely to have a breakout season? Okay. And somebody answered, Carl Anthony Towns, a two-time All-Star. <laughs> two-time All-Star. Carl Anthony Towns having a breakout year. Like maybe a comeback year, right? But I don't even know what a breakout year is for a guy that's an All-Star already. Like, is he going to be the MVP this year? He had pretty good stats last year too, right? He's good. <laughs> nobody's <laughs> nobody's going to be like, wow, broke out from nowhere. Where did yeah. that guy come okay, from? Okay, so last two years he has not been an All-Star. But over the last two years he averaged – uh, 25 and a half points, 10 and a half rebounds, four and a half assists, right? Shot almost 50, 40, uh, 80, right? <laughs> like, yeah. Breakout. So here's the next one. Number nine. It's in the same exact, uh, set, uh, space there. Most likely to have a breakout season. Third coming in third, Michael Porter jr. Last yeah. year coming in first. Michael Porter Jr. He's going to break out again. <laughs> every like, what is going on here? Like every year, it's just like we're just going to keep predicting a breakout. By the way, Michael Porter did break out last year. Like he he increased his scoring by double. Um, that's called a breakout. Is he going to do that again? He's going to average forty points a game, dude. That I mean, that would be a breakout. You'd that have to be- come back and apologize on the podcast for whoever <laughs> voted Michael Porter Jr. If he averages forty points a game. Uh, uh, number eight be all the record books and be like Wilt Chamberlain, Wilt Chamberlain, Michael Porter <laughs> Michael Jr. Porter Jr. <laughs> uh, number eight, if you were starting a franchise today, it could start any player. Who would it be? And somebody said LeBron, who's I'm 30, you take what, this one. 30, 37 LeBron. Like that's, you're not the, whoever, whichever GM picked this one. First of all, it's probably David Griffin, but 
whoever picked this one <laughs> probably does not think they're going to last more than a few years. They're just like, I'll take LeBron. I know that means I probably got like one year, but it'll be fun. The short term, I see. I see it as if you're starting a franchise, I need somebody to bankroll it. Okay, so, so, <laughs> <There you laughs> we need somebody to deal with. Like, all right, you're going to be invested in this team, maybe some seed money. <laughs> yeah, first, first thing that LeBron does, fire you as GM. Gets yeah, true. GM, like, well, that Pick work. somebody he wants to draft and then leave town. Exactly. Maybe that's what it was. It was a GM thinking like, oh, easiest job in the world. Yeah, I don't have to do anything. <laughs> I just get the guys that LeBron wants and that's it. Perfect. Uh, also, LeBron finished top five in best point guard, small forward, and power forward. So There was four players that got votes and f- on four different positions for best uh, player at a position. Do you know who they are? Did LeBron, I think he got a best center vote too, maybe? I don't know. Luka, Giannis. LeBron and Durant. LeBron and KD. Okay, yeah. nobody. You got the Luka one because I told you, but that was the surprise <laughs> one. Luka got, Luka, Luka got a vote at, at best point guard, shooting guard, and small forward. He's not a guard. Same with LeBron. They're point forwards. So people yeah, are like, I I Just because they're tall? Doing. Yeah, I mean, here's here's why I know this is dumb. Jokic also runs the point for Denver, also but nobody's true. like he's the point guard. They're like, no, he's a center. <laughs> why is he and not exactly? That's my point. So positionless, uh, whatever. Um, which one player will have the biggest impact, or which one newly acquired player will have the biggest impact? Jonas Valanciunas, newly acquired player. Jonas Valanciunas is going to have the biggest impact. <laughs> okay, no, wait. They didn't say best impact, right? It's just it's just <laughs> yeah. biggest. So this could yeah. go one one of two ways, right? The biggest impact, Man. least amount of spacing around Zion, I guess. Number, Even, okay, yeah. Sorry, he shoots threes. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> he takes one three a game. I don't think Val, Big Val is going to move the needle that much. I mean, maybe. <laughs> there you go. Best perimeter defender. This is my, this probably should have been number one. Pat Bev. Pat oh Bev. boy. We have Drew Holiday. You've got Ben Simmons. You got Kawhi Leonard. You got all these even Draymond. Draymond Green. You got so many perimeter defenders that are elite. Pat Bev. Like okay, so we're not saying who's a good who's a good defender. That's not the question. The question is who is the best perimeter defender? The best. Like, oh Pat, man, nobody gets this, by Pat Bev except whoever for this is. Watched playoff. watched film of Luca just torch Patrick Beverly oh. off the court in less than like five minutes. And was like, that's the best perimeter defender in the NBA. <laughs> the number five. Now we're in the top Too five. Our real, our real power ranking. Who is the most athletic player in the NBA? Now there's mm. guys like Zion Williamson who are 300 pounds, 40 inch vertical. You got Giannis, just seven foot. Who thought a guy would move like this? And then you have 37 year old LeBron James, still the most athletic player in the NBA. I don't understand how anybody could vote for. I, LeBron <laughs> was the most athletic player in the NBA like six years ago. But in a league full of super, super athletes, I'm sorry, LeBron's not doing that anymore. Do which do we have any GMs that are 37 years old? Because maybe <laughs> they just look at him and be like, wow, well, yeah, see that there's some human strength right there. Uh, uh, number four, which rookie was the biggest steal where they were drafted? And somebody said Scotty Barnes, who was taken fourth. <laughs> so by nature, the most he could have been underrated was three spots. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't know. That's such a weird one to me. That one also just seemed like everybody just voted for who, one guy, right? Everybody got one vote or two votes. Yeah, there was yeah, there was 30 different players that got this one. <laughs> Every GM, it's like, it's too soon. We have to pump our Somebody will be up. right, though. I'm taking my own guy. Every GM voted for their own guy so they don't get Scotty fired. Scotty Barnes would be a steal. 
<laughs> uh, this one's a funny one. Number three, which head coach made the best in-game adjustments? Now, prior to winning the finals, everyone <laughs> said Mike Budenholzer <laughs> never makes an adjustment. No. Ever. He never does it. He won't even change his lineups. But Rick Carlisle was sitting around waiting for this job to come open before he <laughs> left the Mavericks. But what happens? You win one final, and everyone's like, you know who's a great in-game adjustment? <laughs> Mike Budenholzer. Incredible. You know who decided to play Giannis at center? Yeah, exactly. Uh, number two, you pointed this one out to me. I missed it on first pass. Best small forward. This is a league of small forwards right now. I know we had the LeBron. Like, where are these guys? Are they point guards, point whatever? But you got LeBron. You've got Giannis, you've got Kawhi, you've got Paul George, Luca. you could throw into that. I mean, you've yep. got so many guys that qualify at small forward. Chris Middleton, who's very good. Who's <laughs> very good. But he's not even the best small forward on his team. <laughs> he's not. So a little bit of a weird, I don't, I don't know what happened. Uh, best, like, okay, so you're a GM or you're, you're some scout, right? Or some, like, like executive. You sit down. You're like, all right, let me let me answer this GM survey. Best small forward in the NBA, Middleton. Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton. He's I got really good. I got one. Chris Middleton. He just won the title. He probably just didn't look at any other small forwards. Like I did. But then why didn't Drew Holiday get like a best shooting guard vote? Right? Because yeah. if you're just doing the championship, like the champion teams. Now here is my number one. This is my favorite one in the whole thing. <laughs> favorite one. Best pure shooter. Ninety percent of people picked the best shooter of all time. That's yeah. like pretty unanimous. One person picked Seth Curry, and I think it was a mistake. <laughs> I think somebody checked the wrong box for Curry, and that's the only reason Steph Curry didn't get the unanimous best best vote. Somebody screwed this up, and it was a complete accident. So you're saying at Thanksgiving when the Currys sit down to dinner and Seth goes, "Hey, I got a, I got one vote for best shooter in the NBA over you," and yeah. Steph go, looks back at him and goes, "Over a clerical error." A clerical <laughs> error. It might have, maybe these were handwritten and somebody just really bad handwriting. Are you are you calling for a hanging Chad on the a hanging Chad on the ballot for sure? There's a hanging Chad on the ballot that had. It made it Seth Curry instead of Steph Curry. There you go. The weirdest votes on the NBA GM survey. It always comes out, and it's 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 a content gold mine. It really is. Yeah, always is. Always a fun one, um, and it's always like pointless. And then everybody gets up in arms, and it's hilarious. Um, oh so. yeah, Chris Middleton, the best small, best small forward. forward in the NBA. Chris Middleton. That's what we're all about here on Lockdown NBA. Go listen to Lockdown Mavs, Lockdown Nuggets. We have a podcast for every single NBA team five days a week. Covering- Can I tease something? Can I tease something? Oh yes. Friday on Locked On Nuggets. Denver Nuggets general manager Calvin Booth is joining the show. Former former Maverick. Maverick's legend, Calvin Booth. Very true. Yeah. Must listen. Locked On Nuggets on Friday. Go listen to that show. Subscribe to it right now. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked On NBA. Boom. Boom.